Sorry. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. There are two mysterious things that seem to be capturing the attention and interest of people. One is UFOs. Apparently, it's attracted the interest of Congress now. For even in the last few days, Congress has been doing interviews concerning the military's interest and findings concerning UFOs. Apparently, the famous Stephen Hawking was concerned about UFOs, at least from the standpoint that he said that he could not conclude that there was an intelligent design that is a god who created the heavens and the earth, so therefore they must have been created by aliens. Aliens. Yes. Well, the other item that gets such attention, a mysterious item, is called the Mark of the Beast. The Mark of the Beast is undoubtedly the most familiar and feared of the multifaceted aspects of biblical prophecy, yet it remains very mysterious. In fact, people will go to great lengths to avoid a telephone number, an address, yes, even a social security number, which you'll find out here today, containing the successive digits 666, requesting changes from business and governmental agencies to remain distanced and disassociated from the infamous number of the beast, set forth in Revelation chapter 13, 14, and 17, as well as in the book of Daniel chapter 7. So to what degree, if at all, do people understand the spiritual significance, though, of that infamous mark of identification? Is it just a number, or is it something deeper than a number? If indeed it is of such potent prophetic significance, Why does the Bible seem to imply that the mark of the beast will be nearly universally accepted? Are aliens going to impose it? And what are the implications for you and for your family and your congregation, my pastor friends? We know that plans are well underway for the implementation of uh, the perfect identification marker to solve national and international problems that are proliferating with the rise of electronic technology and globalism, and they take various expressions throughout the nations. But there are things that are coming together. It's very interesting. The mark is coming. The mark is coming. Now, today on Viewpoint, we're going to take a look, as we launch into the deep on this seemingly mysterious subject, we're going to take a look at the encounter that one man in Arizona has had with what he believes is the mark of the beast. And so I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms, and I trust that today will be no exception. Now, it's going to be interesting because, remember, UFOs and the mark of the beast, two mysterious and fascinating subjects. Today, we don't talk about UFOs. You can talk about them if you want, but today we're going to talk about the mark of the beast because, according to the reading of the Bible, it has unbelievable import for the future of our world and for your future as well. 
seeing that it's not just a matter of information, then it requires our interest, our focus as professing Christians to make sure that we have a deeper understanding of its implications and applications. How should it change my life? How should it change your life? This whole issue of the mysterious mark of the beast. Are you ready for this? Well, a Christian was denied a driver's license in the state of Arizona where they cited Federal Law 666. Yes, you heard that correctly. The state of Arizona cited Federal Law 666 to compel this strong Christian believer to accept a Social Security number in order to get his driver's license. Now, this may sound strange to you. In fact, you may have thought, well, what's the big deal? You had to give your social get your social security number. You already had one anyway. So what was the big deal in putting your social security number there on your driver's license to conform with federal law 666? You might not even know it was federal law 666, but it is. So while renewing his driver's license seems like a routine task for most Americans, this Arizona man who has been a licensed driver for four decades, that's 40 years, is now being denied a renewable license because he does not have a Social Security number. And he doesn't want one. In fact, he believes that the Social Security number is tied to Bible prophecies about the end times mark of the beast. Now, we're not talking about what you think. We're talking about what he thinks, what he believes. He's not the only one who has believed that. In fact, when the Social Security numbers first came out, there was a lot of talk about this. But over time, people gradually, you know, followed through and became enculturated and uh, adapted to the, the mandates of the culture. So, Mr. Palmer said, recently I turned 65, and so my license automatically expired. In the interim, the Arizona legislature implemented a requirement for a Social Security number for the license plate to get a license. He said, I'm a fundamental Christian. My security is in God, not in the state. And also, I believe that any, a Social Security number is a precursor to the mark of the beast. So I don't have one. Don't intend to get one. So Palmer contacted the state of Arizona about his situation and received the following response from Susan Pacheco with constituent services at the director's office of the Motor Vehicle Department. Dear Mr. Palmer, your record and request to apply with a Social Security number has been reviewed uh, without a Social Security number. Unfortunately, we cannot issue a credential without it. You must present a valid Social Security number in order to obtain a license in the state of Arizona. And there's no exception in the state or federal law that would allow you to present any other type of document, such as an affidavit like the one that the U.S. State Department accepts for passport issuance. We are bound by the relevant state and federal statutes. Arizona revived statutes 
and United States Code 666. Should you be required to provide a Social Security number to obtain a driver's license in the U.S.? What do you think? Interestingly now, Mr. Palmer says the federal law that the Arizona uh, Motor Vehicles Department cites for authority is USCA 666, which he says is a sign to me that I'm right, that the Social Security number is a precursor to the mark. In fact, even the state's webpage with instructions on how to obtain a driver's license mentions the requirement of a Social Security number along with the associated federal statute that happens to be 666, which is, according to Revelation 13, the number of the beast. What do we make of this? What do you make of it? Is this so much foolishness? Foolishness, or is there something here to be understood? We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chrismar, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. How about this USCA code 666? Is this akin to the mark of the beast? Is it a precursor? Is the Social Security number a precursor to the mark, the infamous mark of the beast? Should we all have been concerned about this? Are you concerned now? Are you concerned now that you've heard this from Mr. Palmer? Do you think this should usher in a serious concern for Christians in general about their Social Security numbers? And in fact, if you were to back away from any Social Security number, where would that leave you in the total economic culture, not only of America, but the world? Has the Social Security number actually somehow seduced us into a system that increasingly wants to gain dominion and control with all kinds of special marks and identifications that ultimately will lead to having such a number stamped or etched on your right hand or in your forehead? We want to talk about some of these things here today, but that issue, those questions are lurking over, they're hovering over our conversation here today. Mr. Palmer says, Yes, I'm still driving. There's no rational basis for this, because having a Social Security number has nothing to do with driving. It was done to catch deadbeat dads, he said. So he says, I'm still driving. Yes, illegally, the state might say, although I argue that I am substantially compliant. First, he says, I try to be a good Christian and submit to the governing authorities when they give lawful orders. I'm a pilot with a valid medical. That is, my eyes have been checked by the federal government and are good for both driving an airplane and a car. Second, after my license expired, I called a state-certified driving school and took a two-hour refresher course to show that I am a safe driver and that I know the laws, and I passed with flying colors. 
while they say driving is a privilege, I take care of other people that are, re- that are relying upon me. So Mr. Palmer doesn't appear willing to kind of let this matter rest. He says, I might need to contract a civil rights attorney to try to have this new law ruled unconstitutional. Will he be accepted? Will he? I suspect it would go all the way to the Supreme Court, and who knows then what would happen? Because, friends, whether you realize it or not, the mark is coming. It's coming. And God, in his great love and mercy, foretold through the prophet Daniel and through the apostle John that a great beast government would arise as man's final, ultimate expression of government without God. And that final resurrected Roman Empire will be, as Daniel said, exceeding dreadful. That final Roman Empire is forming as we speak. That, my friends, is the unintended consequence of Russia's attack on Ukraine that is compelling the rest of the EU to join NATO, including Finland and Sweden. So now we have other nations that were part of Europe that is part of the, shall we say, the grandchildren of the ancient Roman Empire are now agreeing, in fact, they're not just agreeing, they're pursuing the uniting together with the North Atlantic Treaty Organization under the oversight of the United States of America to form a composite, westernized New World Order government as a resurrected Roman Empire. At the same time, we have the World Economic Forum under Klaus Schwab that is seeking to compel the entire world into a unified system in which, he says, you will own nothing and be happy about it. In other words, what he's really saying is, you are going to find us trustworthy, and we're going to provide all your needs according to our riches and glory by the new resurrected Roman Empire. That's what he's really saying. And that's what's on schedule for 2030. You know, the Great Reset, Agenda 2030, and so on, all of those things blending together, for that moment in time, just seven and a half years from now. So the mark is coming. The power of this coming empire, promising peace, by the way, is going to be such as to deprive the citizens of the world of privacy in order to solidify its all-encompassing control. Control. That's what the COVID expression was about. That's why Dr. Fauci wants you to still have to get further backup shots, booster shots. It has nothing to do with need. It has to do with money and control. So in order to accomplish this all-encompassing control, this beast empire 
according to the book of Revelation, causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Now, this word mark in the Greek uh, actually would be more like an etching, a scratch or an etching, which would sound very much like one of these nanodot tattoo things with these very, very small little uh, things that stick into your skin, that would be a scratching or an etching, that would not only provide identification, but would also control, according to Bill Gates and his new patent application on in March of uh, 2020, to control your ability to buy or sell under the complete control of a universal government-controlled computer system. That's where we stand, to try to distill things into a nutshell, to put things where we really are. And this mark, this infamous, mysterious mark, signifies, as the Scripture says, the number of a man. Uh, which number is the number of the beast? The number is 603 score and 6, or 666. Now you find that in Revelation chapter 13, verse 18. So there's been, as you know, a lot of speculation and theorization over the centuries attempting to identify this mysterious beast by means of interpreting the significance of the number 666. Now, our purpose here today is not to do that, because it's led nowhere. How many dozens, if not hundreds of people, have been concluded to be the beast, identified with uh, various manipulations of the number 666, through gematria and other kinds of uh, efforts to try to figure out or discern who that might be. Well, let's take a look at it this way. First of all, if you were to look at the significance of numbers, you will find that the number seven continually represents the perfection and completion of God. Whether you look at Six days he created and worked, and the seventh day he rested. He set aside the seventh day and made it sacred. God did that. Man didn't do that. God did that, and he did that before the law. That existed before the law. It's called the Sabbath. It doesn't call a Sabbath. It's called the Sabbath. There's only one, the Sabbath, by the way, and that's the seventh day. Now, that's one seven. Then we find in the book of Revelation over and over again in chapter one and then in chapter two and three talking about the seven churches of Asia and the seven spirits of God and seven, 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 seven. Seven is the number of God's fullness and completion. Therefore, If that be true, how would we discern the number six? 
if we have a, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all designated by sevens, that would be 777, wouldn't it? Now, what if you fall short of 777? The nearest thing to that would be what? 666. So the Bible says that the 666 is the number of a man, but it also is the number of man. Man made in the image of God, but not being God. As the psalmist David said, he was created a little lower than the angels, or a little lower than Elohim, and crowned with glory and honor, and given dominion over the works of God's hands. So, humankind, mankind, is not the same as animal kind. Humankind made like unto God, but not God. So we humble ourselves before God because we're created beings. That's close to God. Therefore, the number six then becomes the closest number in sequence approaching the perfection of God, Godhood. Now you can understand why people who don't want to humble themselves before a creator will try to arrogate themselves to godhood. They want, they're not satisfied with being number six. They want to be number seven. The problem is they're never going to be number seven. When you read my new book, Messiah, that's going to come out now, we're told, in, uh, in July, excuse me, in August. It's the best that we could accomplish because of the printer problems uh, and uh, distribution and so on that uh, has happened as a result of uh, all of the economic factors related to the war and, and other factors. So when that book comes out, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, you're going to see that's exactly how all the religions of the world approach things. There's only one that does not, and that's the Christian faith. All others ultimately make you God. It's going to be it's going to be fascinating when you read this coming book. It, your your eyes are going to be open, and you're going to see the choices that have to be made that humankind is going to have to make all across this planet. It's amazing. It's just amazing. Push is coming to shove. Time and eternity are now about to shake hands. And decisions are going to have to be made. And that's what the mark of the beast is all about. It's about making an ultimate decision. Are you God in the making? Like the Mormons say. Or are you humankind and always humankind made in the image of God? You see, the Mormon's phrase is, as man is, God once was. And as God is, man is becoming. That's not Christianity, friends. Not even close. So, 
So there's been a lot of special uh, speculation and theorization over the centuries as to who this number 666 refers to. But the reality is the better way to look at it is that the number 666 represents man's best effort to come as close as possible to godhood. Now, the number three signifies God in his godhood. And that word occurs only three times in Scripture. It would appear then, at a minimum, regardless of whatever else it might signify, the number 666 is the number of a man seeking godhood. Now, with that in mind, we press on to look further at this infamous mark. I hope you'll stay tuned. This is Viewpoint. Viewpoint does determine destiny. This is an important conversation today, not just for information. We'll be back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Today we're discussing this infamous and yet mysterious mark of the beast. And, of course, it's associated with a fellow... A, an imposter Christ, referred to commonly as the Antichrist. So many of you know that uh, most recently I wrote a book called Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. And it's a 450-page book with hundreds and hundreds of citations that help you to understand where this issue is going and why it is so critically important for you and for me at this time. So if you don't have the book, it's a $22 book on our website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. We're writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Antichrist, how to identify the coming imposter. Now, the identification that we're looking at is not the kind of identification that people are always looking for. It's the kind of identification that God gives, has given through the prophet Daniel, has given through uh, the apostle Paul, has given through the apostle John, and so on, in the book of Revelation. These are the identifying factors that are most important to us. So what's the purpose of the mark? It would seem to me that it's not just that there's going to be a mark, but there has to be a purpose. In order to understand that purpose, you have to understand Satan. 
formerly called Lucifer. He was the highest, most beautiful created being of all in the heavens. But in that position, he got proud. He decided that he should be equal to God. He should be treated equally, like a lot of the envy now that's passing around our country and our world, creating such chaos and dissonance among people. Envy. It's an engine of destruction. But Satan envied God. And so he declared, I'm going to be like the Most High. I am going to be ascend to the heights of the north there on the Temple Mount. I will be like the Most High. The problem is that he was not given dominion in the earth. Now, Adam and Eve forfeited their dominion to Satan, so he became known as the prince of the power of the of the children of disobedience, the prince of the power of the air, who works in the children of disobedience, humankind who rebel. That's true. But Satan was not given dominion in the earth. He had to work through humankind who were made in the image of God and who were given dominion in the earth. That's the reason why Jesus had to be born of a woman so that he became a man in the earth to whom God had given dominion as a man. That's why Jesus had to come as a man, because God had given dominion to humankind in the earth. So Jesus comes in human form to do what Adam was supposed to have done and didn't. He rebelled. Jesus obeyed. So how is Satan, the arch enemy of God, who says, I'm going to be like the Most High, I'm going to ascend to the heights of the north, I'm going to rule from the Temple Mount, how, how is he going to accomplish that? Through humankind, a man, or a woman, or both. And that's been his effort ever since. From the beginning, he has been working to set the stage for his ultimate move to rule and reign on this planet as God. How is he going to do that? He's going to do it through a counterfeit Christ figure called the Antichrist, an imposter that will deceive people because they're easily deceived, because they're not willing to humble themselves under their creator, and therefore will be looking for a an alternative, a way to do an end run around God's requirements in order to try to get the benefits that God promised. That's what Satan is promising. That's what he's going to promise through the new world order, through the new global government. That's what it's all about. But how is he going to do that? He has to invest himself in a man. Just as God the Father invested himself in the man Christ Jesus, so to speak, so Satan will invest himself in a human person. 
that human person will come under the complete dominion of Satan himself. Just as Judas came under the complete dominion of Satan there at the Last Supper. He was called, therefore, the son of perdition. There's only one other person or being in the Bible referred to as the son of perdition, and that is the Antichrist. So, what will he do? He will betray Christ. How will he do that? We don't know exactly how he will do that, but he will. And he will emulate Christ as far as Satan can possibly go to do that, to seduce humankind to follow his ways rather than God's ways. But what's the key? This is what I want, what we all need to understand. The key is the T word, trust. That's the word. So the purpose of the mark of the beast is a profound spiritual and eternal significance because it involves the necessity of making a choice. And that choice is going to be rendered more or less difficult by your true spiritual condition that precedes the presentation of the mark. Now, here's what Jeremiah said. He didn't write about the mark of the beast, but he wrote about this issue. Here's what he said. Curse be the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm and whose heart departs from the Lord. But blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. So, it's extremely important now to note that the scriptures give no indication that professing believers in Christ will not be faced with this profound choice. In fact, if that were true, why the warnings of scripture about it? No, we are going to be faced with that choice. If you're still living. In fact, to the contrary, all of the warnings of Scripture are to believers. And, you know, if we were to try to conclude that believers are somehow exempt, that would render all the warnings of Christ and the apostles moot, meaningless, wouldn't it? So, this is a big deal. This is something that you and I, as professing Christians, have to come to grips with. The choice What's going to be the choice? Well, remember, there were thousands of faithful Christians in the in the first to third centuries, and they met frightening face in the Colosseum. Remember? They weren't raptured. They refused to recant their faith by bowing down to Rome's rule that demanded they make a choice either for Caesar or for Christ. Well, guess what? That's going to be the choice again. The choice will be Caesar or Christ. You say, well, is there going to be a Caesar again? Another Roman Empire with a Caesar? No, his name will not be called Caesar. It will be called Antichrist. But he functions as the ultimate Caesar of Rome. In Russia, they have the czars, or had the czars, you know what the Russian word, the word czar means? Caesar. 
That's what it is. It's the Russian word for Caesar. Ultimate control. So the choice is going to be Caesar or Christ. Remember, Rome ruled at Christ's first coming, and Rome is going to rule at the second coming. Do you remember what uh, the so-called evangelical Pharisees and mainline Sadducees said to Jesus just before his crucifixion? Actually, what they said to uh, Pontius Pilate. They didn't say it to Jesus. They said it to Pontius Pilate while Jesus was being tried. They said, we have no king but Caesar. Remember that? Now, what you say by your life choices before the second coming is going to determine how you respond to the mark. The presentation of the mark is going to seriously test your trust. Seriously. This, is, this isn't an easy day for a lady kind of thing. This isn't a piece of cake. This isn't a cakewalk. This is the real deal. This is the test whether you, who you really trust, what you really believe, not what you say you believe, but what you really believe. This is a big deal. Now, again, I want to make available to you my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. As you can see, this book is full of information. Oh, vast information. But the information is there for one reason, and that is your transformation, the transformation of the reader. It requires a choice at every point. And so it's an edifying book, not just an informative book. It's an edifying book, $22. It'll be yours. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries. We'll be right back, friends. We're not finished. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Whether you're aware of it or not, the historic battle between God and Satan is a battle for your very soul. So, the infamous mark of the beast is not just some clever marketing device, but it's going to determine your eternal destiny if you're still living at that time. 
to receive the mark of the beast is to reveal your true heart. Not what you say you believe, but what you really believe. It's going to be re- reveal what you truly value, whether you're a Jacob or an Esau. Where do you place your value? Where do you place your trust? Nobody can definitively and precisely say how or when that mark of the beast will ultimately be presented or what form it's going to have. But we're sure giving, getting some pretty good clues now. We sure are. The scriptures merely call it a mark or an etching. And that mark represents that from God's viewpoint, it's a declaration of where you choose to put your trust. And that once it's made, the choice is permanent. Permanent. There is no repentance from receiving the mark of the beast. Read about it in Revelation chapter 14, and you'll find out very clearly. The warning is clear. That's why it's so important to understand this. God wants you to build or rebuild your trust and your confidence in him today. Not sometime in the future. It may be too late. Today. So the question is, will Caesar be your savior? Now, That's the emerging spirit of the resurrecting Roman Empire. Empowered by all kinds of technology that's so astounding, seemingly unending, to cause this little horn, which is another reference to the Antichrist, to have eyes like the eyes of man and speak great words against the Most High and stand up against Christ himself, to become the last Caesar to rule the earth, It's a big deal. The number may be somewhat mysterious. We don't know exactly who this is. People will speculate. Don't get involved in those speculations. It's not helpful. But the deceiver, Satan, is investing final authority in a person to draw all other people to worship his counterfeit Christ, thus making Caesar the savior of the world. Now, mankind is not going to readily receive a mark that many or most find suspicious. Now, this man there in Arizona, who has rejected a Social Security number for 40 years, Uh, and continues to reject it. Uh, He has a conviction in his heart that that was at least a precursor to the mark of the beast. You can't say that he's wrong just because you've accepted it, or I have one. But a precursor? I would not say the Social Security number is the mark of the beast, because it's not etched on your hand or in your forehead. But a precursor, that's possible. Many things are precursors to it, because the mark is being marketed by the gospel of gradualism. Technological advances, 
trumpeted as solutions for trying circumstances and trouble to, uh, you know, try to correct problems, at least promising to do that. But trust is gradually shifted from God and the gospel to the government and global saviors. That's what's happening. In fact, we have witnessed, haven't we, the willingness of American politicians and presidents and the people they represent to abandon the very foundational principle of America's prosperity in order to purportedly rescue the world from financial collapse or viral pandemic. And you succumbed to it, didn't you? You wore the mask, didn't you? You isolated, didn't you? You hibernated, didn't you? Uh Uh-huh. You see how it works? And you didn't recognize what was really going on, but that is what was going on. And Klaus Schwab actually told us that that's what was going on. We have to be prepared. How do you prepare to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might so that you are not in a position through fear of man or fear of man's threats to receive that infamous mark? You better spend some quality time in the word of God every single day, my friend, and not just finding little pleasant gospels They were easy to swallow. How about reading the whole counsel of God? How about finding the warnings that God gives? The pictures that are portrayed by the end-time prophets of both Old and New Testaments are to the natural man, there's no question about it, terrifying. And Jesus warned himself. He said, men's hearts will fail them for fear for looking after those things that are coming on the earth. And Daniel warned that the little horn Antichrist power made war with the saints and prevailed against them. The counterfeit Christ will be given over totally to uh, make war with the saints and to overcome them. So how should you and I live? That's the question. How should you and I live? How will you be able to stand in the evil day? Will you walk in fear or in faith? Will you live in trust or in terror? And today is the day to decide, not tomorrow. Before the final deception makes it a hundred times more difficult. Again, will you opt in or opt out? That's the big question. Now, moms and dads, grandparents, God is trusting you and me. He's trusting us to prepare our our young people, our kids, our grandkids. He's trusting us to be honest with them. He's trusting us to tell them the truth. God's truth of his word. It's not just about telling them sweet nothings about God that Jesus loves you, this I know. Yes, that's true. He does. That's why he's warning us 
That's why Jesus, the one who loves you, yes, I know, said, he that endures to the end shall be saved. Because he loves you. A parent that truly loves his or her children is going to tell them the truth and help them to live in righteousness without which no man will see the Lord. Now, you and I are going to be marked people. We're either going to be marked by Satan's mark or by God's mark. One or the other. It's going to come down to that. And the marketing method for the mark of the beast is security and prosperity. It's very seductive. And even professing Christians are targeted to compromise their trust. It's marketed by what I call the gospel of gradualism. Don't come on straight right up front. It's over time seducing you away from trusting God and to walk in fear of man. Now, our friend there in Arizona that we launched the program with uh, has resisted the Social Security number for 40 years. But the Social Security Act was passed in 1935. It was supposed to be completely private. It was never supposed to be used for general identification. Never. Oh, but through a number of amendments and program marketed for security and prosperity, cradle to grave, now it's almost impossible to conduct any financial transaction or even obtain medical care without the universally required Social Security number. I'm not saying the Social Security number is the mark of the beast. What we're dealing with is trust. And there is a mark that is coming. Bill Gates has made it very clear. You know the Bill Gates of Microsoft? The Bill Gates of the uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation that is financing all of these non-biblical efforts, including the universal vaccinations to compel every man, woman, and child to get vaccinated, that's his continuing goal. It really is. And in March of 2000, he filed a, he and uh, Microsoft filed a patent application with the U.S. Patent Office in order to set up, here it is right here, March 26th, a shocking patent application bearing the number 60606, titled Cryptocurrency System Using Body Activity Data. The abstract or summary of the patent, in the words of Microsoft, is human body activity associated with a task provided to a user may be used in a mining process of a cryptocurrency system. A sensor communicatively coupled to or comprised in the device of the user may sense body activity of the user. The cryptocurrency system communicatively coupled to the device of the user may verify if the body activity data satisfies one or more conditions set by the cryptocurrency system and award 
cryptocurrency to the user whose body activity data is verified. In other words, you cannot buy or sell unless this authorizes it through the cryptocurrency system. In other words, a massive governmental computer uh, computer that authorizes every man, woman, and child either to buy or to sell or not. Fascinating, isn't it? And that's already in the works. The patent application was filed two years ago. So much more we could talk about here today on Viewpoint, but we don't have time. And so, I want to uh, make the book available to you once again, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, where you can avail yourself of that, plus vast more information and application for your life. You see, if it doesn't have life application, the information doesn't accomplish anything, does it? To be informed is not a big deal. But to be transformed is God's deal, right? $22 on our website, saveus.org, Antichrist, how to identify the coming imposter. Now, I urge you to tell your friends, Romans, and countrymen about this program. Don't allow it to just happen by osmosis. Why don't you get engaged? If you value this program, you tell them, you email them. You text them. You send a note to them. You give them a telephone call. Let's all accomplish this together to prepare the way of the Lord for history's final hour. Can we do that? Don't wait for the other guy to do it. He's not doing it, but you can. We can all make a difference. Become a partner with us. Send your gifts, friends, by faith to save america ministries p.o box 70879 richmond virginia 23255 do it today if you delay it won't happen you'll be a proficient procrastinator don't let that happen to you thanks for joining us become a partner again god bless be a blessing and let's live by faith remember the just shall live by faith that means we really trust god of what may You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.